podcast for single women considering solo motherhood by donor conception. I'm your host, solo mum and life coach Mel Johnson, and every week I'll be asking my guests their view on dating, relationships, societal pressure, and how to make the final decision that solo motherhood is the right path for you. Today's guest is Natasha, solo mum by choice to one amazing toddler following five years of fertility treatments and recurrent losses. Natasha, thank you so much for joining me today. Lovely to have you as a guest on the podcast. I think I think we met via Instagram, didn't we? Yes, I think we did. Um, I came to Instagram quite late, but I as soon as I found it, I desperately looked for lots of other solo mums by choice. And I think that's how I found you. And, and this is the power of the community of the solo mums. Uh, and what I love about it is that you do get to meet other people and, um, you know, and, and it's more than just, you know, watching people. You can actually interact with them and get to connect with people. So that's what I love about this community. Do you want to give just a, a bit of a, an introduction and an overview about your journey before we sort of head back a little bit to the main purpose, which is to talk about what led you up to the journey? Yeah. Um, so, um, so my name's Natasha, but also Tash is um, is fine. I'll answer to either. But um, I am now in my forties, and I am parenting um, a wonderful um, toddler who I had um, about two and a half years ago now through IUI. Um, I had him after six miscarriages, and I think he was my fourteenth IUI. Um, but I'm very lucky now to be parenting him and it's uh, absolutely wonderful and um, um, I'm very glad I made that decision all those years ago. My goodness, so what a journey that must have been for you, just going through all of that, particularly on your own as well. Did you have a good support network around you of people helping you through that? Um, Yeah, I did. It's hard looking back on it now because it it kind of feels almost like someone else's story. But um, saying that, there are still parts of it I can remember very clearly. Um, I'm very lucky that I've got a really good support network. I've got a big, close family. I've got some really good friends. Um, and yes, they were all there, all part of my journey, um, which I found really helpful, but also quite difficult at points. Um, I am actually now trying to conceive again and this time I'm not telling anybody because although it was brilliant having all that support it also added an extra layer of pressure on um so um so yeah it has its pros and cons but yes in I am very lucky to have a good supportive network yeah fantastic and I think um so um, it's important for people to understand sometimes you go through a very long process of deciding to start treatment thinking that actually you know if you start this it's almost like a given or a certainty and um, I think it's important for people to understand that sometimes it happens relatively easily but other times it can take a long time and a, a roller coaster of a journey I think yours um you know must have felt like that at times um yeah absolutely because I think and I think that's what we'll talk about in a minute but I think I'm 
made the decision in 2012 and I had Arthur in 2018. Wow. That was at six years. And I, I, I never thought it would be easy, but I never imagined it would be quite that hard. Well, no, of course. Okay, so, so, so talking about that then, so going right back to the beginning. So you made the decision in 2012. Um, so talk us through sort of where you were at that point in your life when you were making that decision. In 2012, I was um, 33. Um, and I remember feeling quite old then. Now I realise how young I was. <laughs> Different perspective. But I had been, I'd been single for um, a few years by that point. I'd had a couple of long-term relationships when I was younger. Um, I'd always been quite shy, something I've worked really hard at. So people don't, I think, realise now, but it was something I worked really, had to work really hard at when I was younger. I was really quite shy, so but I've always loved being in relationships and um, always thrived being in a partnership. And I'd had two long-term relationships. And then when the second one ended and uh, when I was in my late or middle twenties, um, and at that time I was a nurse working in A&E. So I was surrounded by lots of people, lots of young people my age um, would often go out with each other. And I just couldn't seem to make that connection then with anybody else. So by the time I got to into my early 30s, I'd probably been single at that point for like coming on to eight years. And I'd done, I'd met lots of people in that time. I'd done speed dating, been on blind dates, um, met people at work, but it had never gone anywhere else. And I'd started worrying about my fertility. And it was about the time that my friend also found out that she had premature ovarian failure that I think it all suddenly came to a head and I I've been thinking for years and joking with people about freezing my eggs and in 2012 I actually started to look at it seriously still yeah. only joking to other people though but actually I did start doing a bit of research um, and, and never that seriously, you know, every now and then I might just Google it and then maybe not look at it again for a few months. But it suddenly seemed to come to a head at the end of 2012 when I looked at it in more detail and I properly researched egg freezing. And at the time, I think it's better now, but at the time I found that the statistics were really poor for becoming pregnant after egg freezing yeah and if you wanted any success that you were better freezing embryos and I very quickly jumped from that into well I'm just well may, maybe I can maybe I can just do that on my own and still at that point I did have no idea how I could do it or if it was even possible and I happened to mention it to a friend that I think I want to try and have a baby on my own still having no idea about the ways of doing it and she just said, oh, you know, so-and-so at work's done that. Um, and suddenly it kind of all fell into place that kind of that, that Christmas that I thought, actually, it, it might be a real possibility. It might be something I actually can do. Before that, I'd always thought it was something people did in Hollywood movies or that episode of Friends. <laughs> Didn't think it was something you could really, really do, that I could really do. And suddenly I was faced with this other person at work who'd done it. 
successfully and she was pregnant and it was a bit like dominoes suddenly they all fell over and all fell into into the right place and um just in terms of um you know making the decision um how easy was it for you to to sort of decide okay well i'm going to go down this route rather than maybe the route that you'd thought that you were going to do i've been thinking about this recently and I don't think I consciously thought a, a long time about making the decision, but I think I'd been subconsciously thinking about it actually for quite a few years. I think probably as soon as I hit 30, mm-hmm. I'd probably started thinking about it subconsciously. I remember often talking to my friends who've got kids but had separated from their partners and we'd be both talking about you know whether we would meet someone and I'd be thinking, well, it's all right for you. You've already got your kids. You know, there isn't the, there isn't the ty- same time pressure. You know, I'm, I've got a time pressure. And I, I remember having those kinds of conversations before I really started thinking about me doing it on my own from my early 30s. And as I slowly started to discuss it with friends, you know, other friends were starting to have kids. I had another friend who hadn't ever wanted to have kids when she was younger, but she'd got married and she'd actually changed her mind and wanted to start having having a family, but didn't know if she'd be able to. And I remember us talking to them, well, maybe I'll be able to adopt when I'm older. So I think I'd been kind of subconsciously thinking about that decision for a long time. I think because I hadn't realised going alone and doing it on my own was a possibility, it wasn't something I thought overtly about until I realised it was an option. But by the time I thought about it, I think I'd probably at that point already had three or four years of me thinking, I want to be a mother and I'm not sure I'm going to meet someone in time to make that happen. So that's why I talk about it kind of all falling into place because as soon as I realised it was a possibility, I'd, I'd actually been thinking about that decision probably for, for a long time without, without knowing, knowing the options were there. Um, I know I always in the back of my head thought of well whatever if maybe if I don't meet someone or I meet someone really late maybe there's the option to adopt Um, but I hadn't thought much more in detail about that I mean at the same time as me thinking about egg freezing I also did some um, research on adopting as a single person as well but um, I think it's slowly thinking about all of those things that by the time I got to, I think oh, so I was almost 34, I'd, I'd kind of naturally come to that place where I was ready to make the, ready to make the decision. And um, what did you think things were going to be like? What was your original plan? How did you see your life panning out? I, I, as I said at the beginning, I, I, I like being in a partnership. Yeah. I, re- I like being part of a couple. And um, I'd always presumed that I would get married and have kids I don't think I ever really thought about having a a big fancy wedding or even doing things in that exact exact order but I I always thought I would have kids with a partner with a long-term partner that I would share everything with um and in fact the the long the last long-term boyfriend I had we was we were still too young to think about kids I think when we were when we broke up which was about 25 but I I would have I would have been happy to have had a family there at that point and as I went on being single I did start to think will it ever will it ever happen for me and for ages you know everyone says 
Well, there's plenty of fish in the sea, or you'll definitely meet someone. It will happen when you're not expecting it. Oh, don't! don't that's my worst one. It'll happen when you stop looking, or when you leave. Oh. That frustrates me. So, <laughs> and you know they're coming from good places. Yeah. Um, but I, I didn't know. I didn't know how to change that. And looking back now, I think I was probably held back in, in meeting someone, probably by, by my own fear, mm. probably mostly. Um, but you'll, I'll, I'll never know if it just, I, I never managed to meet the right person at, at the right time. Yeah. Um, but I, I remember it being really quite difficult in, that, in my early 30s because I kept thinking, well, what is wrong with me? If all my friends are meeting people, what is wrong with me that I can't find somebody? And in the beginning, I, did, I didn't ever feel desperate because I also don't mind being on my own. I was never desperate. I have... I know some other people that really have to be in a partnership. They, they, they struggle to be on their own. I never struggled on my own. I enjoy being in the partnership, but I was fine on my own. So I, I never felt desperate when I was younger to be in a couple. I'd always rather have met the right person than just be with somebody. But I never met anyone. And, um, and that was even with yeah, speed dating which seems so dated now. I don't know if they even do that anymore. I'm not um, sure. Blind dates. What else do I, oh, well, internet dating, which I've never got on well with internet dating. I've tried it, well, I've tried it a number of different times. So I think I went through that grieving period in my early 30s of thinking, what's wrong with me? Why can't I meet somebody? And I think, I think so many people will almost take comfort in hearing that because I, I also was exactly the same. How come I'm the only person in the world, it seems, that cannot meet the right person mm. to be able to pursue this plan of meeting someone and having children together with like, yeah, what is wrong with me? Why can't I make that happen? And what has made me feel better is speaking to so many amazing women who all say that. And then you're like, okay, hang on a minute then. <laughs> it just makes you feel better knowing you're not the only one in feeling. Absolutely, yeah. It's, and that's been one of the best things, I think, about finding the Instagram community. And somebody else wrote it on a post recently saying, you know, that she thought this of herself, you know, that, and I think uh, certainly I did and probably many other people are, and you know that this is this is just for sad old spinsters that can't meet anybody. And in fact, she said she she found this amazing community of really strong, independent women. So I I, I feel quite empowered. And in fact, as soon as I made the decision, I I did I felt quite empowered. Yeah. I think in those in that early in the early years in the, my early thirties, I I was finding it really difficult not me not being able to meet anyone and constantly thinking I've got to meet someone and as the years went on I'm not just wanting to meet someone just because it would be nice but now actually there's a time there's a time pressure on it and if I don't meet somebody soon I'm never going to be able to I might not be able to have children at all with them. I think it's interesting what you said about not feeling desperate because I felt exactly the same. I wasn't desperate to meet someone because I'm happy. Um, I love being with someone exactly the same as you say, the right person. I'm happy to be on my own much better than being with the wrong person. The desperation I think I did start to feel 
was because I felt like it was the only way to have a baby. So I thought if I don't meet someone, I don't know how I'm going to have a baby. So it wasn't almost like desperate to meet someone. It was desperate for that part of the puzzle to allow me to have a baby. And it was only when I realized that you could decouple those two things where I was like, oh, okay, well now the timelines are all changed. Yes, definitely. And I think having that in your mind also then makes it even harder to meet someone because um because as soon as i would meet someone for coffee that i'd met on an internet date or blind date i'd immediately think is this the sort of person that i can settle down with and have a baby with and i'd like known them for 30 seconds yes so true but so many of us do it <laughs> it's like at a certain age that is what you start doing yeah so um uh, you know, and some people are with people for years before they know if that's the right person. You're trying to make that decision in like seconds whether it's worth it. But I found, yeah, uh, I as soon as I made the decision and I started telling people, they'd often say, "Well, what about meeting someone?" And I am, and the pressure for that was immediately off. So I, well, I can still meet somebody, but now I don't have to worry about meeting them in time. That's that's exactly what I always talk about. Just doing it in a different order. So mm. I still want to meet somebody, but you just don't have that specific deadline anymore. You've opened it up. It takes a lot of pressure off, doesn't it? So, um, so there's a lot of people listening who are trying to make this decision. Um, so they are thinking, should I carry on dating? Should I really try to meet that? person or should I do this and um, it's I think it is a bit of a deadline thing it's like sh how long should I give myself to keep dating before I, I make this decision have you got any advice that you would share with people around um, you know how to how to make that decision mm. um, it's such a difficult one but something I've said to somebody else before was how important is it for you to have children? Because I think as soon as I realized that that was my most important, yeah. a partner was lovely and I would love one, but being a parent was the most important thing. It, it helped me prioritize what I wanted a bit more easily. And um, it also depends on where that, that person is in their fertility because um, they might have a bit more time to, to think about things. Um, I did give myself, as soon as I made the decision, I gave myself a year to let it sink in, make sure I knew it was the right decision. And in that time, I did lots of prepping and planning. Um, and did you date in that time or did you decide not to date after you'd made that decision? I did, I did try to internet date. <laughs> It wasn't very successful as it never is when I try internet dating, but I did try. So I gave myself a year to internet date, kind of give myself that last chance of trying to meet somebody. But within that time, I, um, I spread out all of the little steps towards me having my first treatment over the year. I booked in with, an, uh, with an, uh, one of the open days fairly soon at one of the clinics. And then... I kind of waited a couple of months till I had my first appointment and then I waited another couple of months once I'd made the appointment and decided what I was going to do to um to choose the sperm I had a who's the daddy sperm picking party oh amazing so how did that work um well that was 
it was a really good way of including those close friends and family in that decision I'd made. Close friends and family came around and at that point, so I used the European Sperm Bank and at that point they had loads of options for me. It's in speaking to people now that there aren't quite as many, but I had about 30 to choose from that I, that I could choose. Um, and we all just sat around and looked through all the different profiles. I, had a ma- I love spreadsheets, so I had a massive spreadsheet Mm-hmm. ticking off all the different things um narrowed it down to three and then I picked from that three but actually I think I'd already been looking at them anyway and and I, I already thought I I knew which one and it did turn out to be one of those three so I did a lot of research I kind of still ended up going with my gut yeah and so you said you invited all your close friends and family around so had you told when did you tell them in 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 that decision making process did you did they come on the decision with you or did you tell them when you'd made the decision the decision kind of got cemented in my brain at the end of 2012 and i immediately as soon as i my my friend told me about this colleague i immediately messaged her and said could we meet to talk so we we met early in 2013 that's when I found out about actually being able to have IUI and a bit more of the details about it and found out that it was possible and it was financially manageable if I was, would be able to have um, IUI. Um, and so as soon as I'd spoken to, to them, I, I opened up to my mum. My, my parents are very supportive. We're a, a close family. So I opened up to my mum and said, I, I think I want to have a baby on my own. She was a bit shocked, I think, but was, as she always is, very supportive. And then I said, all right, I think I need to um, go and tell Dad. Uh, I can remember this quite clearly. We were in the, I, I followed her into the bathroom to, to tell her, because I thought, because loads of people were around at that point, and I wanted to, but I needed to get it off my chest. As soon as I knew, I, I couldn't keep it a secret. So I, so I told her, and she was quite supportive. And so, so, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and tell Dad now. So I'm... Um, I went into the other room and found my dad and um, said, oh, I've got something I want to speak to you about, dad. Um, I, there's something I want to do, but I, I can't do it unless I have your support and your help. Um, so I needed to ask you about it first to see what you think. Because I, I knew that obviously I'd be needing their support emotionally, even if not childcare wise, which they're helping out loads with. So he, he listened and then I said, I'd really like, I'd like to have a, a baby on my own. And his face fell. He went completely white and his face fell and he was a bit lost for words, which he never is. I thought, oh, he's taking this worse than I thought. And he stuttered a bit and then he said, I don't think I can do that. And I said, what do you mean? He said, I don't think I'm allowed to do that. And it suddenly, I suddenly realised that he thought I was asking him to be a sperm donor. <laughs> oh, bless him. But oh my god, no, no, I can go somewhere and get that. <laughs> I think the shock of that, he was like, oh god, oh, absolutely then, fine, I'll completely support you then. <laughs> so really shocking, so that then the actual yeah. story is more palatable. <laughs> now, and now looking back, I can think, god, no wonder his, he, he went white. I think he really was, didn't understand what I was asking. I went, no, I meant help with childcare. He's <laughs> oh. like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's fine. Um, and actually, what I found out afterwards is that he wasn't quite as supportive. My mum has said that he wasn't so supportive of it. But what I'm really proud of is that he didn't show that to me. He showed how supportive he was of me, even though 
he didn't think it was the best decision. So that, that I'm almost, you know, more grateful of. He knew how important it was to me, even knowing that he wasn't sure it was the right thing to do. He still supported me in it. And now it's become a reality as he changed his mind now. Yes. And him and my son, Arthur, have that best relationship. It's, it's amazing. My dad's always been great with kids, but um, yeah, they have a special relationship, which is really lovely. I think sometimes with our parents, they've just got our best interest at heart and they've only got their own experiences and, it's, and, and they just worry about us and whether we'll be okay when yes. making this decision. So it's coming from a place of love and worry for us. And usually with most of the stories I've heard, when they get the grandchild, they forget all about any worry and it's just, you know, it's just as it would be in any other way, really. Yeah, and in fact, my mum loves it because she was like, oh, we don't have to share him, we can completely spoil him. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> um, and then, so what about now? What, what, what are your views on, you know, are you, are you dating? Are you, are you interested in that? You know, are you still hopeful to meet someone? What does the future look like for you? goes in fits and starts I think really with me um, I would still love to share my life with someone but I've also been single so long I find it hard to imagine that actually happening yeah. although I'm sure if I met the right person it would that would happen so I have I've tried in fact I recently started online dating again I very quickly came back off it. Though. <laughs> right. Um, it is a, it's a roller coaster online dating, isn't it? it is, you yeah. do build yourself up to it and uh, it takes quite a lot of energy. So, yes, I still would like to meet someone. Um, I remembered saying before I got pregnant when people would ask me, what, what, you know, what are you going to do? I was like, I'm sure it'll be easier once I've got a kid. Hopefully I'll meet another single dad. You know, now I'm at the age I am most or a lot of the men out there are already going to have families so in that sense and you know maybe it'll actually be easier um because otherwise i it was like the wrong timing for me because the pe people i was trying to meet might have had kids while i was in the middle of trying whereas now hopefully i'll meet someone else who's got a family and we can be a lovely big blended family but um I've not successfully found online dating worked for me yet. And I think it's difficult um, at the age our children are because um, having small children, online dating does seem to be almost like the most accessible way to meet people. You're not necessarily out and about meeting loads mm. of people otherwise. My hope is that in the future, maybe that will change a bit and we won't have to rely on online dating and we'll meet people more in real life maybe um yeah maybe at the school gates when the kids are older exactly exactly uh, but i love that i love that idea of having a big blended family and i think you know there's so many people that are, that are open to that it's just it's just meeting that right one <laughs> but at least now the time pressure is different it is something i'm i'm now never quite sure how much you speak about your kids when you're on online dating so that's a yeah that's an that's another one I mean I only I only tried it recently because um we're in lockdown and a few people said oh actually you know loads of people are doing online dating now because they're not going out at all anyway maybe that will be a good time to, to try it um 
and that was the first time I went on since having Arthur and then I'm it's hard to kind of frame yourself now as a mother on online dating so that's a new one I, I've heard lots of different views on it. My view is um, I'm very open and upfront on it. I have it on my profile that I am a solo mum. I chose to do that because, um, you know, because I didn't want to miss out on motherhood. Just because I think I don't want to waste my time chatting to anyone who isn't interested in, in that. So I, I kind of want to say upfront, this is who I am, um, to field out anybody that that is, is, you know, is not interested in that. Um, other people say they feel like that's something that should come later. Um, I think it's just personal preference. But I've been very pleasantly surprised by how many people have contacted me to say, amazing that you made that decision um, I think it shows something about you um, and I think they're the sort of people that I want to meet you know the yes. people that you think that's an amazing decision so yes why I that's why I share it fantastic oh well Natasha it's so lovely to speak to you thank you so much for sharing your story with us I think um, I've just heard feedback from so many of the the women that I coach that they feel so much better hearing other people who've gone through and were in the same situation they were because it normalizes it and it makes them feel exactly like we were talking about at the beginning that it's not that they failed and um, it's just one of those things that many people find themselves in this situation so it's so great to be able to share these stories to support other women who are going through this so thanks so much for sharing that with us it's been lovely to talk to you it's um it's a uh, i haven't thought much on my decision before because it ha it just happened so kind of organically it's been it's been quite nice to talk through it oh great well thank you so much thank you if you've enjoyed this episode of the stalker night podcast i'd hugely appreciate if you rate review and subscribe i look forward to seeing you again next week 